The 427th edition of the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Game Time. Snag the tickets without the stress. Use promo code SGPN on your first purchase to save $20. Download the Game Time app and use the promo code SGPN. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Play the underdog, pick them in college or NFL, and win up to 20 times your entry in just one game. Plus, every Sunday, they're giving away $100,000. Use promo code SGPN at Underdog Fantasy for a 100% deposit bonus of up to $500. And finally, we're brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. Howdy ho, DeGenerinos. Oh, I'm butchering it already. DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 427, uh, dedicated to anyone whose birthday is on October the 2nd. It's a, a fine day for a birthday. Uh, thank you for coming to the episode, our regional MMA episode, back again on, on a Monday. No UFC uh, last week, so we are doing a regional MMA event this Monday. It makes sense. It doesn't sound like that makes sense, but it makes sense. I am one of your hosts, Jeff Chalks Fox, so I didn't say that already. We are covering... LFA 169 today, um, which is, as I almost dropped my mic, this is a stellar episode already. How many people have already clicked off? Hopefully you have it. Because it's LFA 169. <laughs> LFA usually puts on good events, and Gumby usually knows what he's doing um, covering LFA. He may even have some stats. Who knows? Um, how did Actually, Gumby did pretty good with his regional MMA picks this past weekend. At least he did good with one championship which really isn't regional it's the biggest promotion in the world uh, <laughs> maybe we'll, we'll we'll bring daniel reland in and he can tell you all about it before i i make more disastrous here go ahead yeah i went two and two in cage warriors uh but there there was a dog hit in there i hit james herndon in the uh main event over tobias harilla which was kind of a big one for me uh i did take a big swing at an underdog in samir zaidi um and he uh, looked good until his back hit the mat, and then he looked like he had never been in a cage before. So that was bad. Um, but my, yeah, my one FC picks, I went four out of five on there. So four and one. The only one I missed was Amir Khan versus Edgar, Edward uh, Foliang. And uh, Foliang just knocked him out. It looked like Khan could have hung. But I got a baby right at negative 110. I got Cerilli right, who is a huge favorite. I got John Lineker right as a decent dog. Uh, and then I had Stamp Fairtex, uh, who I had parlayed together with Luke Riley this week in uh, Cage Warriors for, I think that one paid plus 127 together. Uh, so, yeah, and Stamp looked phenomenal, just kind of like I thought she would. And so he um, sadly looked like she's aging and no longer good enough to to hang with the young guns like Stamp. It's It's kind of a shame that Stamp doesn't have a lot of people to fight over there anymore. Right. Cause so he, um, over yeah. the hill for sure. And, uh, Angela Lee now, you know, she retired right before that fight. Um, you know, right before the stamp versus Hom fight happened. So like, it, it feels like she doesn't have a lot of good competition and, and one will probably just thrive on that. They'll just boost her up as like the greatest fighter ever. But man, like her versus Whaley Zhang would, I, I mean, I think I'm p- still picking Whaley, but like that would be a really fun fight. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So maybe one is going to be your moneymaker going forward. 
Yeah, I mean, if uh, I think I think if you put, you know, the the standard are goofy, uh, bet one hundred dollars on every single fight, no matter <laughs> what, which is of course not a good way uh, to make money, hardly ever. Um, you it would have paid uh, one hundred eighty five bucks profit on. So you know, if you're using units or something like that, and you put one unit on every fight. We're talking about almost two units a win there, um, which brings me up to being up uh, about eight and a half units on the year on regional MMA. So. Uh, pretty pretty good year in the regional MMA scene. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Um, how, how's your feeling on LFA 169 this week before we jump into it? You know, I, I thought I had a really good feeling for these fights. And Uh-oh. no, and, and but like I thought I was <laughs> getting. So I, I do apparently have a good feeling because I like checked my, you know, like there's a couple of things I use as. Uh, you know, you guys know I love to predict lines, and that's usually a good way to find value and stuff. Uh, all the yep. people who I went to go check with what they think the line's going to be and stuff. So, like, I thought I was picking a couple of underdogs. And then all the people I usually check with and the sources I usually use to, like, see where the, the temperature is on those, all of them just flat out agreed with me. So I don't know if that's a good thing uh, that they are. Or a bad thing that I was like, I think I'm getting a nice dog here. And then, like, suddenly I have, like, a whole bunch of negative 300 favorites. I'm going to be so intrigued when these lines come out. Because, uh, like I said, usually I've got a good sense. And this week it seems to have betrayed me. Or maybe i got a great sense in in all the people I talk to are idiots. So we'll we'll find out. (laughs) Possibly. Including including myself. So uh, that could be the case. Um, All right. Maybe before we jump into it, I tell you about one of our lovely sponsors or a couple. How about uh, then we're going to get you the LFA into your ear holes. It's game time. I always tell you, you can take your winnings that we help you win and go, go enjoy a show or a sporting event or something. Thanks to game time because they have uh, the tickets for the best prices last minute. All, all the good stuff for you to get into whatever you're trying to get into. It's the uh, game time is the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. And the tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. You can snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code SGPN for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again. Create an account and redeem code SGPN for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And Underdog Fantasy has a way to play alongside your favorite football team all season long. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five from now until October the 4th. So you got a couple of days. Underdog is matching 100% of your first deposits up to 500 bucks. And $100,000 Sundays continues on Underdog Fantasy. They're giving away a total of $2 million in prizes all season long. $100,000 every week, including this week. They give out $10,000 to 10 people uh, this week. New sweepstakes every week of the NFL season. Uh, Monday Night Football. Who's playing and who's your pick? You have oh, underdog man, you're, you're, putting, you're putting me on the spot. I am. Uh, I, am. I, I can look it I up. I know that. I know that it's, is it Seattle in, in the Giants? It's got to be Seattle it in the is. Giants. So I'll. It uh, is. It is. Yes. Seattle okay. Seattle in the Giants. Good. Uh, so I'll take uh, DK Metcalf, the higher than on his receiving yards. Uh, the Giants. Right, there you go. The Giants defense is porous. And uh, he's he's been having a pretty good year so far. This is the Cowboys fan telling you to, to fade the Giants. So there you go. Imagine that. 
So watch along, make your picks, and maybe make a little cash over on Underdog's mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. And when you use, when you sign up, excuse me, with the promo code SGPN, Underdog will double your first deposit up to 500 bucks. This Underdog Fantasy promo code SGPN. All right, let's get you some winning picks for LFA 169. It's LFA 169 Ward versus Walker. It's going down Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern on UFC Fight Pass. And it's taking place in the, the factory in Deep Ellum, Dallas, Texas. Have you ever been there, Dan? I don't the think factory I in Deep Ellum. I don't think I have. <laughs> it's in a cage, and there's nine MMA bouts. We're going to break down five. Gumby picked the five that he's most interested in. We do not have lines, which, uh, as of this recording, which some people enjoy because uh, Gumby, when he uh, guesses lines, can win, can uh, get you some good CLV, as our friend Jong likes to uh, talk about. So first fight we're going to break down is on the main card, and it is middleweights. Daniel De La Cruz, the American versus Ismail Israelov, Israelov, excuse me, and he is from Russia. I'll tell you about him first. Israelov, he is three and one. He has not finished anyone, and he lost his one fight via submission, he, which was his last fight. This is his LFA debut. He's not fought since September 2021. He's not won since June of 2021. He's fighting De La Cruz, three and zero, one knockout. Two submissions, so he has finished all of his uh, wins, and this is his LFA de- debut as well. Does Gumby have any info on any of this stuff? Any of these people? We don't have much resumes on them. Do you know much about these fighters? Yeah, so I, I was worried at first that I wouldn't find very much information on Ismail Israelov because I, you know, if you just type his name into YouTube or any of the places where you get, you know, MMA regional videos, you won't find anything. Um, but you can actually find his last victory, which came in June of 2021. That is on there. Um, however, it's all written in the Cyrillic alphabet. So you, you, you won't know that it's his name unless you find him and can see his face. Um, and then you're like, oh, that that's him right there. So I went back and I watched that fight with him. And uh, I, I, I thought he was going to be a favorite here because he's a, you know, you got the you got the Russian rub so to speak. We talked about that on Contender Series yesterday, that like you got a Russian name, usually the odds tilt in your favor. And, and De La Cruz is kind of, I'll say this, he's like a big sloppy middleweight. He's actually, he's the perfect guy to be on track to make the UFC at some point in time at middleweight because he looks like a middleweight. Um, and he's only, you know, his fights have only lasted a, you know, a couple minutes each. So like, I thought they would favor the Russian who, you know, you would seemingly guess has like good wrestling and stuff. But like then when I started talking to people, people seem bigger on De La Cruz maybe than I thought they were. Either that or they were lower on Israelov. And when, like I said, I watched that fight of his. Anytime he throws a punch, his hands drop. And every single takedown he shot in that fight, it looked like he was trying to muscle the hell out of it. Um, and, and that was fighting a guy who's now one in three. Um, and I won't even try to say his name because that's how tough it is to say. Um, but that's against the guy who's now one in three. So like... Not a very impressive showing from Israelov. Whereas, like, De La Cruz, I mean, like, he, again, he's sloppy. He's sloppy as hell. But, like, he did score a takedown in the fight that I watched of his, and it was really powerful. Like, he's clearly very strong. He he throws extremely wildly, but he does have incredible power. He seems like he gets overexcited, and that's sort of why he gets sloppy in there. But against a guy who drops his hands, I'm not sure that that matters. Like, as long as he gets into, like, one striking exchange, I think he can tag his rail off and just finish him. So I'm going to say De La Cruz wins this one. Um, 
I, I think if I'm guessing odds here, again, I originally thought his Rayloff was going to be a favorite. I talked to some people. It seems like they, they're higher on De La Cruz. I'm going to guess it opens close to even money. Like, I'm going to guess that it's going to be a pick at open because you got the Russian rub and you got the guy from LFA that people seem high on. And then I'm going to guess the money comes in on De La Cruz. Um, so this is one of those ones that you're going to want to get on the sketchy books as soon as it posts. Cause I think, you know, like as usual, the money comes in on the Russian. Um, so I'll take De La Cruz, uh, and I, or, uh, the money comes in on the, the favorite here. Um, and he's going to get ahead. So I, I'll take De La Cruz and get it as soon as it's posted. The Russian Rob is speaking of sketchy. That sounds like something you could get at, at a sketchy establishment. A Russian Rob, don't the, you? Think? You you want to you want to pay extra for the Russian Rob? Yes, the Russian Rob. <laughs> All right, topology users are ninety percent picking De La Cruz for what? Yeah, so that's so. that that's like so that's one of my my things, right? Like I use topology. Right, yep. I I use a couple other prospecty guys. Uh, you know, I I use some other websites that have some polling on them as well that I won't uh, hype up here. But I, I do think that, I, I, you know, I thought it would be a favorite, but maybe it's because he hasn't fought in a couple of years. Maybe it's because he's coming off of a loss. I, I mean, there's reasons to not like him, which is part of why I don't like him. But, like, I assumed people would be higher on the Russian, and they're not. So, uh, and if you watch this film, there's there's even more reason to not be. All right. There you go. All right. We're going to a Canadian, boop, 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 Melissa Croden versus Katrina Lehner from Germany. This is three five-minute rounds at women's Bantamweight. Lehner versus eight, eight and four with one knockout. She's been submitted twice. She's one in four of her last five fights, but she did win her last fight. So that's that's something. This is her LFA debut. She went one and three in Evicta, 0 and one in Bellator, 0 and one in the Ultimate Fighter, was a regional champion, used to fight... Up at Featherweight, uh, also has done some pro boxing. Croden, the Canadian Scare is the nickname. Four and two, three knockouts, one submission. So she finished all of her wins. She herself has never been finished in a fight. She's two and one over her last three, but she did lose her last fight. Oh, one in LFA, was a regional champion. One year younger than Leaner, four inches taller, three inches of reach. Go ahead. So I thought this is another one where my temperature on it was terrible because I thought Leonard is, you know, like, first of all, she's a she's a veteran of like a whole bunch of like big promotions. And she's fought people you've heard of before. Right. She fought Talia Bernardo and in Invicta. She fought Sinead Kavanaugh and Bellator. You know, she fought Panny Kianzad on The Ultimate Fighter. Like she's just fought like people you've actually I mean, she fought Sarah Kaufman back in Invicta. She's been in, I think, multiple Invicta title fights, if I'm not mistaken. Like she's just kind of been around forever. And so I assumed her against somebody who is foreign too was going to be a favorite. And I'm hearing the exact opposite. I'm hearing people are really big on Melissa Croden and she's probably going to be like a negative 200 favorite. And I see why, like if you go back and you watch Croden, she just fought, um, she, she just fought Jackie Cavalcante who we just saw make her UFC debut. I know some people weren't super impressed by her UFC debut. Cause she never quote unquote went for it despite beating the crap out of Zara Farain. But like that, it's that rangy kickboxing that allowed her to beat Croden because Croden is the exact same kind of fighter. And it was like a close enough fight. I think couple Conte was just like a touch faster. But like Croden is, first of all, she's very tall for her division. And she's going to have a massive height advantage here and a massive reach advantage. I think she's four inches taller. And I bet you the reach is even more. Um, 
but like she, she's going to be a longer ranger striker. She does the the Wonder Boy hands down karate jump in stuff as she like changes in and out of stances. And Lerner is just like she like you said she's done some boxing, but she doesn't look like a boxer. Her chin comes up and she like leads with her face when she rushes forward. That's just like a nightmare when you're fighting somebody who's like a good, you know, karate stylist. Like think of uh you know, when, who is it Machida knocked out who is sprinting forward like that? Was it Ryan Bader or was it Tito? It was somebody who was a wrestler. But like, uh, yeah. you know, like it's that kind of like counter from a karate stance that's just going to buzz Lerner here. I, I just don't think there's any chance that she gets any of her wrestling going either. Um, I think she's going to try to box somebody who's like 80 times better of a kickboxer than her. If this does come in at negative 200, there's still value on Croton for me. Um, I could see it getting bet way up. Like I said, I originally thought it was going to be closer, but um, the the value, no matter what, will be on Croton because I don't think there's any way she loses this. Croton, 84% on topology currently for what that is worth. All right. Go Canada, go. We are going back down. Actually, we haven't done flyweights yet in uh, LFA. We're going to flyweights. Alden Correa versus Aaron Lafarge. Lafarge, excuse me. They're both Americans. Lafarge, five and three, two knockouts, one submission. He's never been finishing a fight. Lost win, loss over his last three. Uh, he's not fought since August of 2022. This is his LFA debut, and he used to fight down at strawweight. Korea Cobra is the nickname. Six and two, one knockout, three submissions. He's been submitted himself once. One and two over his last three. Won his last fight. He's gone four and two in LFA. Seven years younger than Lafarge, two inches taller, and that's all I got. Yeah, so Korea in, in his last fight uh, fought a guy with, with some pretty damn good wrestling, um, a guy who had, who had wrestled in college, Jesse Martinelli. And he got taken down early, but he got up pretty quickly, and he looked like he had really good jiu-jitsu. Um, he's got a really good right hand that he, like, snipes with on counters. He moves in and out very nicely, but doesn't move side to side very nicely, which is why I think he could get taken down in that fight. Um, and, and he's fighting a guy who likes to wrestle in Lafarge, but I think has just been like not successful enough in his wrestling to give me any real confidence in his wrestling here. Like his, his fight with Cody Davis, like he looked inept wrestling and granted Cody Davis is a really good wrestler, but, uh, you know, he, he just looked like he had no idea what to do with Cody Davis in that fight. So, uh, you know, I, I will say, I think Lafarge has a path to victory here in that he could just take him down and spam takedowns and tire out Korea. But I think Korea is just going to be too good of a striker and his defense is going to be good enough um, that he's going to pick him apart. Now, as far as odds go for this fight, I do think Korea is going to be a favorite. Again, uh, th this is one I actually had a good read on and I'm like, oh yeah, Korea will be a favorite. Um, I wasn't quite sure how big of a favorite he would be until I talked to people. And now it sounds like it's going to be like a negative 325 situation. But I'm going to go Korea again here. I, I don't think th this line, I mean, maybe pair him with Croden and you might get something close to even money. And maybe that's a play. Um, but like, I, I don't know that as that line gets bigger and bigger, which it might get bigger and bigger. I don't know that there'll be a ton of value there. Because like I said, there is a path to victory for Lafarge. All right, there you go. So Korea is the pick. Um, what do the topology maniacs say? I think they picked Korea as well. Did they not? Uh, Korea, 96%. So 
if if we're going by that, it should be a massive line, right? Yeah. Although sometimes uh, I, I will say the little bit of warning that I will give on the tapology ones, and this is why I always ask like a couple of like media guys or inter- industry professionals too, is that like it, it, when tapology starts voting, sometimes the people who vote, because remember the, the, those votes aren't just like votes for who you think will win, but they're also like your pick'em scores. Um, so some people like when you play the the tapology pick them, um, they they want to be right and they want to have as many right as they can. So they it changes like a belt level or something, I think. I don't know. I've never done it. But like a lot of people just log into the regional events and see who's winning the polls and hit those polls harder. So like it does skew it a little bit to the favorite. Um, but like, yeah, this is one that actually the favorite is is pretty obvious. All right. There you go. Um before we move on, I'm going to tell you about Hall of Fame bets. Win bigger with by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame bets, the sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. I said limes again. Game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, MLB, and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Enter any parlay idea into Hall of Fame at bets revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by the leg as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame bets to craft more intelligent and data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame bets app or visit hofbets.com and use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame bets. All right. Gumby and I have done your research for LFA here, and we're going to move on to co-main event time, I believe. Yes. Co-main event, Kevin Fernandez from the America versus Joseph Camacho, not from America. He is from, what flag is that? He's from Guam. Guam. I didn't know. That's why I did not know the flag. He is from Guam. Okay. Um, The Guamanian. That's what they should be, but they're probably not, are they? Guamanians, that would be a good name. Or Guamaniacs. I I don't I don't know what they're called. <laughs> Fine. His nickname's Say Say S E A Y space S E A Y. Do you know anything sure. about that? I do not. Okay. Nope. Boy, you're giving me nothing here. All right, Camacho, <laughs> six and six and one, two knockouts, two submissions. He's been submitted once. He won his last fight, one and one in LFA. He used to fight up at Bantamweight, and he's got a inch of reach or down at Bantamweight. What weight class are we doing? Did I even say that? We are doing these guys are what? Like uh flyweights, yes. So he used to fight up at Bantamweight. And he, like I said, interreach on Fernandez. Fernandez Lil Dragon, six and one, one knockout, three submissions. He's won three straight fights, all via finish. He's gone four and one in LFA. He also has done some professional Muay Thai. Eight years younger than Camacho, two inches of height. Gumby will fill in the rest of the blanks. If I'm not mistaken, too, this is uh Frank the Crank Camacho's little brother. Um... oh, okay, cool. Yeah, because he's from Guam as well, and right. I'm almost positive I remember him saying he has a little brother who fights. So I'm pretty sure this is Frank the Crank Camacho's brother. Um, and and while that's semi irrelevant when it comes to this, it is sometimes relevant in that like people will find and bet on people's brothers based on what they know about <laughs> their brothers. Yeah. So like, I I kind of expect this fight to come in pretty close to even money. I'll say Fernandez is a favorite. Um, we'll say like negative 135 or something though, like not, not very large because Camacho does have the name value. He's got a nice record. Um, you know, if you look, his only loss is to the aforementioned Cody Davis, who also beat Aaron Lafarge 
Um, as I said, Cody Davis, not a, a loss that anybody should be ashamed about. He's looked really good as of late. His, own, his only loss is to Mark Climaco, and he, he's probably on his way to the UFC at some point in time as well. So Camacho, though, if, if you look at his style of fighting, okay, it can be a lot like his brother. He is sharp enough in the striking, but sometimes sacrifices his skill on the feet, which is very apparent, to throw a little bit more power. Um, and as a result, he gets taken down a lot in that Davis fight. I think he was on his feet for four seconds. And then the fight was, uh, I mean, the, the fight wasn't over until two minutes and 30 seconds or something like that, but he was on his back for, you know, two minutes and 20 of those 30 seconds or something like that. So he, he gets taken down. His positioning ain't great. Um, and that's again, similar to what we think of Frank Camacho and Fernandez. On the other hand, uh, I'm like really impressed with his grappling. Uh, I, I have seen a whole bunch of his fights, both in LFA and he fought for, uh, this organization called XKO, which Loki has some really good fights. Sometimes he he's very good on the mat. His chokes are exceptional. His positioning is exceptional. Um, you know, like in his last fight I was watching, he fought Javier Cepeda. He, he took him down against the cage, which first of all, you know, just like a simple basic thing that you do, but then immediately was doing the thing where he elevates one of his opponent's legs just so he can't posture up against the cage. Um, again, he, he, as any prospect at this stage would be, he's not completely well-rounded. He looks sometimes like he's, you know, like only throwing his hands so that he can get to the takedowns and so that he can get to the wrestling, but it's not like he's like listless on the feet. And he's not like hopeless there. He, he just like, he's clearly not as comfortable as when he's grappling and against the guy who gives up enough takedowns. I think Fernandez is clearly the play. I'd probably bet him as long as he stays in the 100s. If he starts to get into the 200s, we're talking about maybe a parlay piece. He starts getting into the 300s. I might stay away from him just because I know that Camacho has got some hands on him. Um, you know, I like might not even let him be a parlay buster for me, but I think he's probably going to come in in the 100s here. Fernandez, 81% on topology. Um, so pretty big favorite according to those guys. And then main event time. Now we are going up to featherweights for this fight and it's America versus America action. Just like we like it. Landry Ward versus Alfred Walker, three, five minute rounds, 145 pounds. Walker freight train is a nickname. He's 11 and six, seven knockouts, two submissions. He's been knocked out once submitted five times. So he's been finishing all of his losses. This is his LFA debut. He's won two straight fights and five of six. Last fight, he won via knockout slash TKO. Uh, two championships on his mantle. Correct. Good shirt. Sportsgamingpodcast.com slash store. Um, bu- 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 2012 pro MMA debut. He also is a kickboxing champion. Ward, the lone star kid. Eight and one with three knockouts. Never been finished in a fight. He's won three straight fights. He is one known LFA. He's fight up at... Lightweight, nine years younger than Walker, four inches taller. Go ahead. This should be negative 900, probably. <laughs> um, 900, 900 billion. Yeah, it's Ward, and it's Ward by a lot here. Um, I actually really think Ward is kind of a fun prospect. Uh, and I know, you know, he had some kind of like mixed results in Kambache a little bit. In his first fight in LFA, uh, he, he got tagged a little bit and maybe didn't look like the favorite he ought to be. But first of all, He's fighting a dude who's, I mean, he's pretty old. Uh, you know, like a 36-year-old guy on the regional scene is never all that great of a sign. Uh, 
and so like you know like you said 10 years younger it said um but like ward he's just got so many things that i really like about him when he he's on his back he's got a nice high guard and a rubber guard that he's looking for finishes on the feet he's like he's such a weird shaped dude uh being a six foot featherweight like he's gonna have a four inch height advantage and probably more than that in reach i bet you it's six or seven inches in reach and he's like you know, he's really long, but also has like weirdly surprising power. He throws his combinations really nicely, uh, especially when he finishes to the body. Like he'll throw two up top and then end with like a hook to the ribs. And it's really nice. I like the way he works in the clinch. I like the way he keeps his head out of range despite, you know, like he's a tall guy and he doesn't always do tall guy things. You know, tall guys just like lean out away from punches sometimes and, and wind up, you know, being susceptible to somebody catching them. He doesn't do that. It like moves the right way. He like slips and rips. And, you know, like I think the problem here for, you know, if you are somebody who is looking to, you know, try to find a way to like Walker here, he's got power, but I just don't think he's going to be able to reach him because he, he doesn't do anything that can like help him reach people. So yeah, I, I like Ward quite a bit here. I like him as a prospect. I think he probably gets a finish and uh, yeah, I, I don't know how high this will go. So, you know, Bet with your bet with your wallet smartly when betting a guy who I think should be a negative eight hundred favorite, and you know maybe don't get him that. Tapology says ninety nine percent for uh, for words. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, like, I, I, uh, you know, not to not to step over that too, but like again, when you look at a guy who's you know his last win was a win over a dude who's uh, let's see, Daniel Carey is now seven and seven, so his last win is over a guy who's seven and seven. He has a loss to Chuck Willis um, on his record, who I, I don't know if, if you know Chuck Willis, but he's he's a you know just like a regional journeyman. He's got a loss to him some somewhat recently, and he's fought almost nobody you've heard of before. And is thirty six. Like, I mean, he's being brought in to lose. I think. Yep, seems that way. All right, let's recap Gumby's picks. Let me know if I messed any of them up here. He's got Ward. He's got Fernandez. Korea. Croden and De La Cruz. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, I think all five of them are going to be favorites and you know how much Boring. I, yeah, you know how much I hate doing that, but really I, I think all five of these, you know, like if, if I'm picking all five favorites and, and they all do five wind up favorites, uh, you know that they, they seem like they're pretty good picks. Yep. There you go. And once the lines do drop, I'm sure we'll be discussing them in the Discord, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. Uh, Twitter, SGPN MMA. Gumby runs that account for us. He's at Gumby Vreeland. I'm a Jeff Fox writer on Twitter and on Instagram. Get my Substack, subscribe. Get my podcasts in your ears, my writings in your eyeballs, my pick em, free pick em contest every week. That's moneymma.substack.com. And Gumby's got the top, tur top turtle MMA podcast. Um, make sure you listen to that. Drops midweek every week, and I'm not on it. So perfect for, for all of you. Um, and all good things in the sports gambling sphere, sportsgamblingpodcast.com, and our Patreon, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. Help us crush corporate gambling. UFC is back this coming weekend, so we'll be back Wednesday and Thursday with our preview of that event. Gumby, get us out of here, please. All right. I'm J.D. Gumby Freeland. He's the Kitchener legend, Jeff Fox. And we will see you on Wednesday.